0: you're listening to a life-changing podcast that does a deep dive into what's behind the silence the truth no one wants to talk about featuring two thought-provoking professional coaches who specialize in linguistic patterns of thought feelings and behavior as NLP practitioners certified and life-changing the dynamic duel, Stacy Cutright and Stephanie Demmel Welcome back, friends, So What's Behind the Silence, the Truth No One Wants to Talk About. Stacey, how's it going this morning?
1: It's going great. It's going great. I'm excited for this topic. Uh, it's one I've struggled with. However, I consider you kind of the master in. So I'm excited to hear, you know, the value that you're going to bring today to the table.
0: Well, and I don't know if it's uh, a good thing or a bad thing, but I've had plenty of experience with difficult conversations over the years, so... Uh, it definitely is a good skill to have and something that everyone can practice, and it will help your life if you are able to have difficult conversations, because those are the ones we typically shy away from, don't you think?
1: Absolutely. You know, the one thing that, you know, I have realized in kind of doing some research on this topic is you know the reason that we we shy away from from difficult uh, topics or situations is out of fear mm-hmm. and anticipating what, based on past experiences, what we're going going to get. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, why we've gotten these unsuccessful conversations or not with maybe the most positive outcomes, is because we don't have the awareness and the skill set, like you were speaking of, to navigate through these difficult situations to have a healthy, positive outcome that we are happy about or content.
0: Yeah, it's scary having a tough conversation, right? You don't know how that other person is going to react. And if you aren't really good at formulating what you're going to say because you don't really know what you're going to feel anyway, then it can come out all wrong. And then, then you don't know what you're going to get on the other end of that conversation. So yeah, it makes it extremely tough. What even makes it tougher is when you have someone that you need to talk to about something really important. That's a tough conversation and they're not willing to listen right from the get go. And that just really derails that entire conversation in the beginning. So, so I feel like there's definitely an art to having a difficult conversation. I have plenty of practice at FedEx, always difficult conversations every single day of my career, every single day. So you had to learn to approach people with these hot topics or these difficult conversations because if you didn't take the right approach, I'm not kidding you, it would derail in five to 10 seconds.
1: You know, the one thing that I, that I noticed, um, in going into those difficult, uh, conversations is if we're in an emotionally charged mindset, mm-hmm. it's not going to go well. Right. So, you know, reframing for getting into those until we can take a step back, mm-hmm. not put emotion in because the minute we put emotion in, we are going to get somebody on the defense. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes, you know, going into another, you know, topic will project our feelings or, mm-hmm. you
0: know, we cause the derailment right off from the beginning. Yeah, You made me feel this way. You well, did this to me. It's your fault I didn't get to go to somewhere. You know, it's like it's an art. That's why I say it's an art, because it's really practicing how you express yourself in a non uh, finger pointing way. And that's tough to do.
1: Do you feel a big, uh,
0: a big issue is
1: with individuals not being able to take accountability? I think that has a lot to do with you know, looking it in certain, their, yeah. Looking at their own yeah. ownership of yeah. what they bring to yeah. the table in that, yeah. in those situations. Yeah.
0: I'll give you an example. So I had this guy, he, was, he worked for FedEx for a long time, really great guy. And he was a lead employee. Out on the floor. Unfortunately, he wrecked a forklift, and he purposely did it because we had it on camera. He was upset because some a manager said something to him, and again, like if you're in management and you say something the wrong way, the employee is going to take it the wrong way, and then it fuels some fire. Well, this young man, he had to come to my office, the principal office, right, and we were talking about the situation, and it was deflect, deflect. It was The manager's fault they made me upset they did this so our whole conversation the whole first part of the conversation the first time we talked was about him taking ownership for what he did and I could have easily said you know you caused the damage it was your fault you shouldn't have been doing that on the forklift it doesn't matter what the manager said if I would have taken that strong hard-nosed approach That conversation would have gone anywhere. Instead, it was trying to paint that perception for him to say, you know what, okay, I did do all that. I was upset. I'm going to take ownership for it. Now let's talk about it, how we can do it differently. Well, when he came into the office, you could see his defenses were up. And that's another thing about having those conflict conversations or those tough conversations is reading your audience. If you read your audience especially if you're um husband wife and you're going to you're in a little tiff if the body language is saying that emotions haven't calmed down yet there's no point to having that conversation the emotions if they're high that conversation's probably going to end in a train wreck so you know I learned that with all my experience with employees at FedEx was that I had to watch my own approach, especially when it was disciplining an employee or talking about the accountability piece or trying to get them to see that their behavior towards somebody else wasn't appropriate. Instead of placing blame, I had to get them to see the perception that they were building. And that took the emotion out of the conversation. Because it wasn't finger-pointing. It was just like, hey, can you see how this person may have taken it the wrong way? Or can you see how your behaviors might have been taken in the wrong way? So, Because our behaviors are everything. So if you're going into a difficult conversation and you notice your audience is, whoo, they're on fire. Back down from that conversation and have it at a, at a different time.
1: Yeah, I I believe you're absolutely correct. You know, you're going to end up having better outcomes and better results. And um, not only that, not you know, the the less effects of misunderstanding, Mm -hmm. things taken the wrong way or taken out of context.
0: Yeah. But how important is it? How important is having these conversations? Because if we never talk about anything, what happens to all those feelings? They get pent up. They do. What is it, cuff and stuff? Cuff and stuff, baby.
1: Yeah. You know, resentments bring up, you know, just those emotions start to rise. The anxiety starts to rise. The anger starts to rise. You know, the blame starts to rise. You know, we're formulating our own perspectives and mm-hmm. narratives and uh, beliefs in the situation. And, you know, we spiral. We do we spiral. And, you know, the one thing that, um, you know, I want to touch on, or, um, and get your perspective of, you know, what are some, some healthy ways that we can enter in or engage in difficult conversations to have better outcomes?
0: Are you talking about the seven key components? Is that what you're talking about? I would like to,
1: I guess we can start with the seven key components. And then if we can move into like steps of, you know, effectively. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, Why don't you talk about the seven healthy components? And then I'll talk about some ways to prepare for that conversation. Sounds great. You know, the one thing
1: about the seven, and I had never, to be honest, I had never heard about the seven key components, the seven, the seven C's. Um, I don't know if you had, um, however, you know, the one thing about them is having clarity, Mm -hmm. speaking about exactly the topic you want to speak about and stay on point, you know, um, correctness, having your facts, you know, to back up what you're saying. It doesn't always have to be just your self-belief, um, And just full awareness and consciousness of what is going on. And that comes with that self-awareness. Consideration, you know, trying to look at somebody else's perspective too, not just our own, Mm -hmm. you know, because when we get emotionally charged, we're not always able to, to look at somebody else's side or where they may be coming from. You know, completeness um, was another one. You know, how do we want to complete it? How do we want to have the outcome? You know, having in these difficult conversations, I believe there needs to be prep work. You know, kind of be able to, to put in your mindset, like what, how do, what is the outcome I'm looking to achieve? And what are the steps to get there? Because if we just go, you know, off the cuff, I'm going to tell you, anytime I just speak off the cuff and don't think or, you know, articulate what I want to say, oh my God, it spirals downhill. (laughs) You know, you are very good being able to slow down your mind and be able to formulate your choice in words. Um, And that is a great skill. You are very good at that. Thanks. I didn't always have that skill. Lots it, of practice. And and I'm 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 working on that. I'm I'm working on that. And just being courteous is another one. You know, kindness goes a long way. You know, having some empathy and compassion for the other person. Um, so those are some of the 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 seven C's.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, do you have anything
0: to add? You know, you just sparked something in me. One of the things, and this is specifically for relationships, many times in a relationship between partners or family members, there might be somebody that wants to fix the problem right away. I used to be that way because I grew up in a family that just fought it out, right? We screamed and yelled at each other. We never really accomplished a whole lot, but we certainly spoke our mind. Probably not in the healthiest way. However, what I've learned later in life is that not everyone wants to fix it right then and there. And the problem with that is when you have one person wants to fix it right then and there and the other person doesn't, if you're doing the talking, the other person's not ready to talk back because they are trying still to formulate what they're thinking. What I've learned through that, because I used to be the fixer, because I didn't want any animosity in the relationship. That's how I used to be. And now, rather than jumping in to fix it, like let's say we have a tiff or we have a disagreement about something, now I just walk away because I've realized that even though I was quick to fix, I wasn't quick to really understand how I felt about it in order to express it in a healthy way. So... So now if there's any rift at all, I just walk away because I want to be able to come back and formulate my thoughts without offending the person or the people I love the most. And that wasn't always easy for me in the past. And so I think that's really important to understand when you're having tough conversations. What makes it tough is all the emotions. When you can let the emotion go and then have a matter-of-fact conversation, then it's not a tough conversation. When both parties can say, you know what, our feelings were high, now let's talk about it. What was the issue? Why did our behavior happen in the first place? And what can we do to not feel this way again or not trigger each other again where we felt like maybe we said something the wrong way or whatever? So I think that's really important to understand is not to... Be so quick to solve especially if the other person doesn't want to solve it at that moment because some people take a while to chew on it to really figure it out as we've spoke before i've always been that fixer
1: like let's let's hash it out right now you know and because of family dynamics too you know Mm -hmm. that it's almost like that elephant in the room and it just feels so big and my husband is one that needs the time to digest, Mm -hmm. needs the time to think. And, you know, in working with you, this is one thing that I've had more Mm self-awareness and, you know, taking that time out and offering him that space. Because to be honest, when I would go or push the issue to resolve it, Mm -hmm. to be honest, I wasn't a good listener. I was not an active listener. OK, and I did not have time to process. So oftentimes, not only was it about that situation, it would be about multiple situations that I didn't feel were resolved. Ah, before. yeah. OK, or bringing up things that he thought were resolved or that we had already talked about. And he's like, why are we rehashing this? So I'm going off of topic.
0: Mm-hmm. But and that's getting
1: he's getting confused. He's like, I thought we were talking about this. And now we're talking about this. And so, you know, in our relationship, I feel our communication is becoming a lot healthier and our outcomes instead of him, you know, um, running from them or avoiding. Okay. Mm -hmm. He is now willing to engage because it's more of a safe, emotionally safe environment for him to interact with me because I am a high personality. And so I feel that my husband, and this is an assumption, um, you know, felt like he couldn't match up. Mm. Okay. Like I was always one step ahead Mm. and because he didn't have that time. And so when we respect, you know, where someone else is, you know, if we're looking to get a positive, healthy resolution,
0: we gotta make a win-win. Yeah. And you know, we're human too, right? So when we're upset, we wanna make sure we're heard. And if we're worried about being heard, we're certainly not worrying about listening. And that, too, makes it a difficult conversation. You Absolutely. Know, difficult conversation, sure. You you can look at them and approach them that, oh, this is going to be tough. However, there's some key things you can do to prepare for that conversation. And like I said, and, um, I, I think it's thankfully I've had, I always say, I, I love every skill I've ever adopted from FedEx uh, with, you know, the years of experience I had and the, the ability and the experience to lead people, because you really get a lot, you you learn a lot about human behavior. And what I've learned about difficult conversations, which has transcended into my personal life, is one, watch those emotions. The emotions is what fuels that fire. Don't enter into a conversation if your emotions are high. It's not the right time, it's not the right place, and most likely how you say it not going to come out right because if your emotions are high you're clouded if your emotions are high you're living off your feelings rather than um i guess um what's the word i'm looking for you're living off just if you're living off your feelings you're not really seeing the reality of the situation i was going to say the factual the the facts yeah because we all live on our own model of reality of our world that we create within our brain so what i would i would do if you have tough conversations one especially if there's already a little bit of animosity there one of the biggest things that you can do is really prepare for that conversation and you said something earlier and it was really sticking to the facts and i statements you know I felt this way, Um, I perceived it this way, Um, I don't know what you meant, but this is how I took it, really taking ownership in the conversation. But the first thing I would do is I would really gather the facts, you know, step back, look at the situation, what was my role in that argument, what was my role in the situation, the event that happened, what was my role, gather the facts. Write those facts down and then create some talking points because talking points can help you stay on track. I was working with a client who struggles to talk to her husband. And so we talked about because her emotions would get really high. So we talked about writing things down, writing out exactly what you want to say and stick to the script so that you can get express everything you want without getting off track and letting that emotion rule you. And so that was one of the biggest things. The other thing, you know, is really practicing. The more you practice difficult conversations, the easier they become. And, and, and I think that is really key, especially if you're someone that's never had practical or really had difficult conversations. And then leave the emotion out of it. I know that is super hard to do, But if you want to have a successful conversation, visit the issue when emotions are low, when everybody's on an upswing, right? I always say whenever, you know, approach the issue the next day, two days from then, three days from now, you can always work it out. But work it out when you both are on an upswing mood, when you're in a better mood and everything's kind of the dust has settled. And then be ready to listen. Oh, my gosh. Be ready to listen without interrupting because you will have your turn to talk. Give the courtesy and the respect to the person to allow them to talk because listening is where you can really try to gain that understanding. Ask questions. Don't just try to get your side of the story out because that's typically what we do as people is, we want to be heard. So really try to set your stuff aside. That's why when you write down your talking points, you don't have to worry in your mind about what you're gonna say. Because they're written down, you have them in front of you, and you can then let yourself listen and give full attention and be present. Be really present with that person. And the last thing I think, and there's some other ones though, I think the last one I would say would be, you know, be transparent and honest and fair without judging and without pointing fingers. The more you can accept responsibility for how you perceive the situation, the better you can talk about how it made you feel. And you know, emotional intelligence is everything in a conversation and for our audience, if you don't know a lot about emotional intelligence there's a lot of research out there to be able to help you practice emotional intelligence some of the clients i work with that's one of the biggest things we talk about is emotional intelligence how to control your emotions especially when you're upset so i think those are just some tips to help
1: you know there's a couple things that that when you were speaking that stood out for me and one when you were talking about um You know, key points, uh, talking points. You know, the one thing about writing those out, even if you have them with you, okay, you don't have to memorize them, have them with you is when we are emotionally, we're human, we're going to be emotionally charged. And there's going to be the ways that maybe their body language or your body language is creating them to feel uncomfortable. Um, so that nonverbal is, mm-hmm. you, you and I talk about this all the time, nonverbal can, can speak louder than the words you're using. And um, it's being able to when not be derailed when something additionally difficult comes up of being able to go back onto topic very easy mm-hmm. and not fall into that derailment that you're not prepared for that you have not prepared for. Right. And the other thing that um, when you were talking about practicing, okay, because practicing increases your skills and makes, you know, I don't believe in perfection, Mm -hmm. but definitely, you know, um, creates better outcomes is sometimes find those safe people that you can have these difficult conversations. Absolutely. Feel emotionally safe that you know you can have conflict resolution, that you can agree to disagree. Both of you can look at mutual understanding for one another and start practicing there. So Mm -hmm. you're more comfortable when you're faced with someone that is higher level emotional energy Mm -hmm. and really doesn't have that awareness to take the accountability where then you're not emotionally charged and, you know, and, and there is no shame in that game of saying, you know what, I'm going to practice. You know, even if you have a good friend that you're like, you know what, I want to practice on this, Mm -hmm. you know, what's a difficult situation that you've had, or, you know, let's role play. I know that you, you do a lot of role playing with your clients.
0: I do. And what is that? That's practice. It is practice. practicing behaviors, practicing what you're going to say. What happens if you get derailed? What are you going to do? How are you going to recover? Are you going to let that emotion come exploding out or are you going to breathe and go back to the script?
1: You know, the one thing also uh, I feel is trying to stay as positive in the situation and the conversation as possible. Definitely. Because when we're walking into difficult conversations we're not feeling warm and fuzzy however if we can manifest beforehand what it and and focus on what is my objective
0: mm-hmm.
1: we can have better outcomes and ones that we're proud of not walking away feeling god I wish I said this or you know oh, that really sucked mm-hmm we didn't get anywhere. Now we're just more angry with one another. Mm -hmm. That is a perfect time to say, you know what? I need to take that
0: time out. Well, you have to want to enter the conversation to resolve it, not to be right. And so many enter in those difficult conversations. They want to be right. Well, here's why we have difficult conversations in the first place. We have difficult conversations because somewhere along the line our values and beliefs were crossed with whatever happened. And when our values and beliefs are crossed that festers up inside of us because we don't agree with what the other person did or said or thought. So it's important to understand that you're entering a difficult conversation most likely because your values and beliefs were crossed. And how do you explain your values and your beliefs and what's important to you without having to try to be right? Because that's not resolving. Being right is not resolving. So it's truly an attitude going into the conversation on what you want the expected outcome to be. So if you're always, enter, ask yourself, am I entering this conversation to be heard or am I entering this conversation to explain how it makes me feel so that the behavior stops? because that's two different things. Because if you're just wanting to be heard, then I would gamble to say that you're not setting any boundaries and that behavior is going to continue to happen. But if you go into it wanting to resolve, then you can get your point across, you can also talk about how it made you feel, but also you're expecting to resolve it to where, hey, you know, when you do this, this really impacts me in a negative way. Can we just try not to do that again? and try to resolve it rather than to be right.
1: You know, one thing when we talk about ex- uh, uh, expectations, you know, we, we had had a podcast previous on that. So if you wanna tune into that, um, in dealing with, or, you know, entering into difficult conversations, as far as expectations, one thing I've, I've learned is to put the expectation on myself mm. of how I want to engage Because the moment I put my expectations and my beliefs of how someone else should react is the moment I am disappointed. Yes, it's so true. And then that brings up a whole nother difficult situation that, to be honest, I've created. Right. Because I have not put factual expectations. I have put my thoughts and beliefs Mm -hmm. onto and projected it onto somebody else that they should react the way I feel they should Mm -hmm. react. Mm -hmm. And when they don't add up to that, then I'm upset and I'm disappointed. And, you know, they should have, okay, that should word, the curse word. And, um, you know, so these are things that, you know, over the last few years, I've been able to become self aware of you know, of why I've had in difficult conversations and tried to avoid them is my role. I didn't know how to have them Mm -hmm. effectively. Yeah. So any, any closing comments or thoughts?
0: Well, I think if things aren't going well in the conversation, um, I I think it takes a little pre-work though, especially if it's your partner or a family member say, listen, we're not going to disrespect each other anymore. Um, when we have an argument, let's try to make a pact that when we feel like the argument or the conf- or the conversation is getting heated, let's agree to disagree that, hey, it's getting heated. Let's, let's table it for a minute instead of keep going into each other's throats. I always, you know, when I'm working with my teenagers and, and the parents and, and I'm doing that dual coaching, a lot of times, not a lot of times, most of the time, it's how we conversate that creates the conflict, right? So, and it's the lack of listening, the lack of being present, it's the lack of the choice of words we use, it's, it's projecting our crap onto somebody else. So that's what usually causes the conversation. What I would, you know, I always say, you know, why do we, why do we treat people that we love the most the worst? It's because we feel safe with them. However, there's a boundary there that we allow to be crossed over and over because sometimes we don't know how to reset that boundary when I'm working with parents and teens I talk about you know what what's the language I actually can pick up on what they're saying to each other and how they're taking it offensively because it they just keep rehashing old stuff it's like we're that old that wound you keep putting salt in it like you never let the issue die you just pour a little more more salt in it so Have a pact with each other that when you feel the emotions are getting high or you feel like you're about to explode, hey, I love you too much, I'm gonna have to walk away because I feel like I'm getting really emotional here. Can we come back to this when I settle down a bit? When you can honestly say that to your partner, just like that, or to your kid or something, when you can say that, just like that, hey, this is on me, I'm getting riled up, I need to calm down. Do you care if I walk away for a bit and we table this? There's nothing wrong with that. But do some pre-work. Pre-work will help you in the actual situation. If you say that, oh, i am right then and you don't have any pre-work, it's just gonna go to hell in a handbasket really quick. So do your pre-work. If you don't like the tone or the way conversations are being held in your family dynamic, talk about it in advance, set some ground rules, and say, hey, we all love each other too much to treat each other like this. I wouldn't disrespect my enemy like this. Set some pre work, and then that helps you enter into those conversations a little bit better to where you don't have to um, have it be a catastrophe. So that's my so two cents.
1: I think your two cents are worth about 10 or 15. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, on Wednesday, we're gonna be talking about projection and deflection. And boy, when, when you brought this topic up or thought uh, of this topic, I will tell you kind of the anxiety already started to, woo, I could feel it. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I we look forward to you tuning in on Wednesday. And thank you as always for joining in and feel free to reach out with any questions, topics, or ideas that you have, or even your your constructive criticism or or positive feedback. And as always,
0: smile and be kind. And don't forget to do better, be better and treat people better. See you next time. Bye.